So, Father, it's a great and awesome time being here again. So, brethren, I give God the glory and the honor for having me here, being able to do another segment. And today, the topic will be, remember, riches profit not in the day of adversity, but godliness and righteousness profit both here and in the hereafter. So, as I've always said, all scriptures... will be read from the King James Version Bible. So brethren, I'll start. Brethren, although this segment, the topic of this segment finds textual verification in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 4, and first timothy chapter 4 verse 8 jesus summed up the topic in the following question which can be confirmed by reading mark chapter 8 verse 36 and it states what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul So the question asked in Mark chapter 8 verse 36 puts in eternal perspective the folly of acquiring temporal material sufficiency at the expense of a blissful eternal destiny. Surely, as hinted before, the wise man Solomon reminds us that riches profit not in the day of adversity but righteousness delivers from death. This fact finds historical ventilation in three of the greatest catastrophes which this world has ever known. And the following that I'm about to share explains the same. And it goes like this. In Noah's day, when the fountains of the deep were broken, and the windows of heaven were opened, as we read in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. And God unleashed a global destructive a global destructive flood on planet Earth. Was any human being delivered because of his or her great wealth? Now, I'll reread that again, brethren, because I need persons to understand where I'm coming from. So in Noah's day, when the fountains of the deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened, as we read in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, and God unleashed a global destructive flood on planet Earth, was any human being delivered because of his or her great wealth? And when on Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 23, and Jude chapter 1, verse 7, God rained fire and brimstone. Was any saved 
as a result of his or her riches? We all know that only eight and three souls, respectively, were saved and all the other souls perished. To cite a more recent example, when in 1945, atomic bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, were the rich spared because of their great wealth? We all know that the rich and the poor perished alike. Brethren, there is no need for me to burden you with additional examples to prove this point. For we all know that riches have absolutely no deterrent value when God becomes man's adversary. This being so, we can now focus our attention on the other part of our topic, namely, but godliness and righteousness profit both here and in the hereafter. So for this segment, let us consider an incident in the life of King Hezekiah. Now God had instructed Isaiah to go to the king and inform him that he should make preparations to depart this life. On hearing that shocking message from God's prophets, King Hezekiah humbled himself, turned away from all human aid, turned to God and pleaded with him for a reversal of his plan to end his life. The strategy which he employed was to appeal to God for a lengthening of his days based on the grounds of his past righteous life and his exploits for him. When God into, took into account Hezekiah's humility and supplications, he gave Isaiah a second message, one of hope for the king. Brethren, not only did God reverse his former decision, but he went as far as reversing the time clock of our galaxy by some 40 minutes to prove to Hezekiah that he would lengthen his days. Brethren, you should read the entire account of that story in 2 Kings chapter 20 from verses 1 to 11 or Isaiah chapter 38 from verses 1 to 22 in order to grasp the importance of living righteously in this life. On the other hand, the Bible is not short of evidence which proves that living unrighteously impacts adversely on the length of one's stay on planet Earth. For example, the unbelieving, murmuring Israelite multitude died in the wilderness on account of their unrighteous behavior, as we read in Numbers chapter 14, verses 21 to 24, and Psalm chapter 95, verses 9 to 11. They never enter the promised land, and are not thousands of young human beings unceremoniously exiting this world as a result of promiscuous lifestyles? What a pity! So brethren, what is being shared today should suffice to highlight the fact that righteousness pays great dividends even in this life. Moreover, it should also serve as an incentive and encouragement 
to those of us who are striving to fight the good fight. Yes, by it, we are surely reminded that it pays to live godly and righteously even now. So far, we have dealt with the temporal benefits of living righteously. But what impact does righteousness have on one's eternal destiny? To answer this question, let us turn to the New Testament, where the destiny of man is given a fuller treatment than in the Old Testament. In this regard, St. Paul's epistle to the Romans is instructive indeed. The following text goes straight to the heart of this problem, and that I'll be reading from Romans chapter 2, from verses 7 to 11, which states, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. So I just read from Romans chapter 2, verses 7 to 11. Consistent with the scripture share, we know that Cornelius benefited greatly because he lived a godly and righteous life. Moreover, he not only received a testimony that his prayers and arms had reached the very throne of God. In addition, he was in the first group of Gentiles upon whom the Holy Ghost was poured out. So that can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 10 from verses 1 to 48. Yes, brethren, while the Bible promises that the wicked and all the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell, as we read in Psalm chapter 9, verse 17, David also wrote that the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. That's Psalm 112, verse 6. And time saints, if there was one individual from whose life we can learn that, whereas riches profit not in the day of adversity, but righteousness is beneficial both here and in the hereafter. It is Job. Now, I know that there are those who mock Job by ignorantly claiming that his problems came upon him as a direct result of his own fears. Well, my response to all those who believe and teach that nonsense is this. Those individuals have never personally studied the book of Job, but are mere human loudspeakers who are simply echoing the foolish conclusions of the misguided. Brethren, if God only allows Satan to touch but a few areas of their lives, they would not have to wait upon their wives to urge them to curse God and die. They will do so very early in their trials and make no mistake about this soon some of our job mockers will realize how strong job really was they should read job chapter 1 verse 3 job chapter 2 verse 8 
and Job chapter 31 verses 1 to 14 and see if they can measure up to brother Job's standard of integrity, humility, and charity. Then they should read Ezekiel chapter 14 verse 14 and observe that Job is included in a unique list of three of God's most outstanding Old Testament saints, the others being Noah and Daniel. Moreover, all those who choose to ridicule Job for being faithless should also never forget that apart from being declared twice by God to be righteous, he was also declared twice by God to be the greatest man in the East. Brethren, Job was truly a righteous man who reaped the benefits of being righteous in this life. In addition, he was given the divine assurance that he would see his Redeemer on this very planet. His prophecy is recorded for us in Job chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. Brethren, the benefits of living righteously in this life far exceed the temporal benefits that the wicked may enjoy now. For the righteous is not only informed, sometimes of the time of his or her departure from this planet, he or she is also made aware of eternal trophies that are held out for living righteously in this life. This fact is surely established by the Apostle Paul's letter to Bishop Timothy. The following quote highlights, which I'll be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, which states, For I am not ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. So brethren, as I come to a close, writing to the Philippians early, this same apostle said, to go to be with Jesus was far better for him. Notwithstanding, he was prepared to stay a little longer for the benefit of his Philippians brethren, which can be confirmed by reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 to 25. To the Corinthian saints, he expressed the similar sentiments in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Now the apostle Paul was not singular in being assured of a life of bliss beyond the grave, for the apostle Peter echoed like sentiments. This can be verified by reading 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. And what is true of the apostles Peter and Paul was experienced even before by Deacon Stephen, as can be seen from Acts chapter 7, verses 55 to 60. So in closing, brethren, we must conclude that whereas God always takes pleasure in the fact that his children are prosperous and healthy, we must never forget that riches profit not in the day of adversity, but righteousness not only delivers from debt and secures blessings for us now, but more importantly, it has promise of the life to come, as we read in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4, and 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8.
So brethren, that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week again. Have a safe and productive week. Remember that Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. And he will be returning soon, brethren. Please prepare yourselves for his return. Spend time, brethren, on a daily basis asking God to grant you spiritual understanding of his holy word. The segments are here to help you upon your biblical studies. Brethren, prepare yourselves for Jesus Christ's return. So, bye for now. Bless.